Happy anniversary, everybody. That's right. It's our second anniversary. Wow. Two years. And to celebrate, we are doing something a little different. Our anniversary episodes are always times to break the mold and do something we wouldn't normally do. Like last year, we did a should-be-dead idea about the History Channel, which is the least history thing on TV or any media whatsoever in the universe. <laughs> Don't get me started again. And anyway, this year, we are doing something different again. We are doing some should-be-dead practices in history podcasting. That's right, we are getting cranky with our top five peeves of history podcasts. We are stooping to the level of clickbait top five lists, and it is about history podcasts, just like this one. What we consistently get annoyingly wrong. Oh, and by the way, most of these peeves, well, we've actually kind of done them on this show. <laughs> Oops, anyway. Uh, well, it's going to be fun, and after that we're going to talk a little bit more about our upcoming new show about the history of sex. That's what we're talking about today on Dead Ideas. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. The music you just heard was composed by Rachel Westhoff, my lovely wife, and today I want to share something about Rachel and I. And unlike usual, this is not some BS made-up joke like I usually do, but this one is actually true. Some of my jokes in the past have been true, but this one is true-true. And this is a tip for any of you out there who may be in long-term relationships or contemplating getting in one. For some reason, I'm a marriage counselor today. Anyway, here it is. Take it for what it's worth. Uh, we keep a peeves list. Yeah, each of us has a peeves list, we get to write down five things that the other person does that really gets on your nerves, and then we try, try, not to do those things. But here's the catch. You only get five on your list. You can change or replace them, but you can never have more than five on your list. If something isn't bad enough to make your top five, then you don't get to complain about it. <laughs> Instead, it's your responsibility to just grow up, slow your roll, and just live with it. Because come on, right? I mean, you can't fix everything. And as the peeve-er, the one who is peeving the other person, you can only focus on changing a few things at a time anyway, right? And as the peeve the person who's getting peeved, it's really quite liberating to realize that, you know what? Maybe I really don't care that much about this right now, and I could just let it go. And then it just kind of like flits away from your chest. And it, it's actually, surprisingly, kind of worked for us. So I don't know. Take it or leave it. There's a tip if you may be contemplating a long-term relationship or in one right now. Why am I telling you this? Well, because that's actually what I want to do today with history podcasting. I want to cleanse and liberate and get these things off my chest, but I only get five things. And I'm sure that you have peeves too about history podcasts, and we want to hear about them. I want to hear about them. You can weigh in on Facebook or Twitter, where you can find us as at Dead Ideas Pod. So send us your peeves, but remember, you only get five. After that, it's up to you to just deal with it. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so without further ado, to celebrate 
our second anniversary of Dead Ideas, I present to you my top five peeves of history podcasts, starting with number five. All right, here we go. Number five, apologizing too much. <laughs> Have you heard this? I'm so sorry about my horrible pronunciation, or I'm so sorry the show is a little bit late this week. Uh, excuse, life happened. I don't care that life gets in the way. Yes, life gets in the way for all of us. It's fine. Who cares? Because most of us are not listening to you on the day of release anyway. And I don't care if your pronunciation is horrible. It's fine. None of us are native speakers in the names that we're asked to pronounce on these shows. It's okay. History podcasters are always apologizing like we have some inborn predisposition to it, like we're some timid species of wet noodle people, and our listeners are the forks that are just waiting to stab us for the slightest fault. And while, yes, this is the age of the internet, and there's always going to be somebody who's going to complain about whatever you do, you don't need to go on apologizing again and again at such length. It's like, enough. We get it. Move on. I don't care. I don't want to hear it. Look, here's the deal, right? I'm going to talk direct to other history podcasters now. Listeners, give me an amen and an alleluia if you agree with this. History podcasters, listen up. Let me lay down the shit here for you. Here's the thing. Your listeners love you. That's why they're listening. And they will forgive your bad pronunciation as long as you are making an honest effort. You don't need to beg their forgiveness like some kind of penitential pilgrim on the way to podcast Jerusalem. That comes across as insincere. Because seriously, riddle me this, why waste a minute of our time, the listener's time, telling us how sorry you are, when instead... You could spend five minutes of your own time just Googling up a pronunciation guide. And you still might not get it perfect. You will not get it perfect because, of course you won't. You're not a native speaker. We understand that. Duh. But you will be making an honest effort. And that's all anybody really expects from you. Unless they're trolls, in which case they are coming for you with torches and pitchforks. <laughs> Listeners, am I right? Do you like to hear us go on and on about how sorry we are for our pronunciation or for getting content out a little bit late? Or is that just dead air time for you? I mean, it is for me, that's for sure. Now, on this show, I do admit that I have done my fair share of bad pronunciation. I mean, to be fair, some of the stuff we have done is really hard, like the Chinese tones in our Moism series. I mean, those are really fun. That's why I took them on. And I actually enjoyed trying. Or you could point to my faux Scandinavian accent in the Icelandic Draugr story in our last Christmas ghost stories episode. It got better with the Viking series. Maybe not good enough, but who cares? That's my point. I've pronounced with the worst of them. But you know what? I am not going to apologize for it. Because God damn it, I was trying. And you know what? Not a single listener complained. They were probably too busy laughing their asses off at my horrible attempt, but nobody wrote in to complain because they knew that I was making an honest effort. And that's all that's expected of us as history podcasters. Done deal. However, as I said, this is the age of the internet and there will be trolls. <laughs> but in the end, you know what? Screw that. Because damn it, we tried. Fuck you, trolls. Drop the mic. That's my peeve. <laughs> Right? Stop apologizing. People will forgive you. Moving on. Peeve number four. Taking forever to get 
to your content. Oh my god, does this drive me up the wall. Listeners, you know what I'm talking about, right? You start listening to the episode and they're like, I am so-and-so, and here's an update on this, and here's a correction on that. And as a listener, pretty soon you'll realize you're like five minutes into the episode and you don't even know what the topic for the day is. And you look back at the episode title on your phone, you're like, oh yeah, that's what I clicked on, so that's what I wanted to hear about, so what's this shit? <laughs> Get to the content. Get to the content. Do you ever feel like that, listeners? Sometimes they'll even be like, long, long, long introductions to your topic that give no clue what the final topic will be. And you know what podcast is really extremely, totally guilty of this? It's actually one of my favorite history podcasts of all time, and it's almost everybody's favorite history podcast. Can you guess which one it is? I bet you can. It's a fantastic, perhaps the most fantastic history podcast out there, but it does this one thing so bad it makes me want to cry. I'm talking about Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. That's right. I said it. I have to get it off my chest. <laughs> Dan Carlin is a spellbinding storyteller, brilliant in so many ways. I have listened to all of the episodes, and I love them all, but his introductions suck. <laughs> oh my god. The first 30 minutes of any series is torture. So I was looking at my bookshelf the other day, and I asked myself, Oh my god, Dan. Jesus, just... I don't care what you were thinking and what made you want to do this topic in the first place. I want to hear the topic. I don't care what you are thinking. Not right now, anyway. Tell me after. Tell me later, after I've fallen in love with your story. Later, when I want to know all the behind-the-scenes details, because it's just that good. But don't lead with that shit. Come on. <laughs> I don't care. Yet. Am I the only one thinking this about Dan Carlin? Sorry to throw some shade on everybody's favorite history messiah, but man, seriously, okay, for real, Dan Carlin, I love you. If you keep doing what you're doing, I'll listen till the day I die, but just get to the point. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> now, on this show, I always announce the topic right away at the beginning of the episode. You at least know for sure what you're getting into without even having to look at your phone and what the title is or anything. Then I lead with a topic-relevant joke or comment, which are perhaps not always as funny as I intend them to be, but again, hey, I'm trying. And then, well, after that is occasionally where our show can go off into the weeds. So I'm a little bit guilty of this. Plugs for fake beer sponsors. Um, what can I say, Your Honor? It sounded like a good idea at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is where you could probably say, uh, Brandon, just get to the content. Um, but the honest truth is, you know, this kind of thing is a struggle for a lot of history podcasters, myself included. For one thing, we usually have a ton of info that we have to communicate somehow. We have things like announcements, we have updates, we have corrections, and some of us even have ads. And we know you, the listener, love us and will indulge us, but all of that stuff adds up. And if we are lollygagging through our introductions, then we are testing your patience. Right, listeners? So let me lay down an iron law for all history podcasters right here, right now, incumbent on all of us. Get through those things as quickly as possible and then get to the content. That's it. Finished. Done. That's my peeve. Get to the content. <laughs> all right, moving on. Peeve number three. Bad audio. Bad audio and or bad editing. 
because they kind of go together. This is, of course, everybody's favorite peeve. If there's one thing that you see consistently across all podcast feedback everywhere, not just history podcasts, but all podcasting, it is audio quality complaints. And when we started this show, oh boy, what a stinkeroo, let me tell you. Going back and listening to our first series on the reanimated corpses of ancient India, I've said it before and I'll say it again, it feels like getting kicked in the balls. It was so full of echoes, and the worst thing is, at some point in the first months, I've never actually <laughs> mentioned this on air before, it's so embarrassing, some point in the first months, I edited the tracks and didn't realize that the music track had gotten out of sync with the vocal tracks. So there was this like dead silence where the music was supposed to be. And then the music came on later when it wasn't supposed to and played over us talking. Oh, God, it was awful. Nobody said anything. Nobody said anything. And it was months before I happened to listen to that again and realize what happened. And I was mortified. <laughs> if you guys were around for those days, I'm sorry, but also thank you if you stuck with us this long. Uh, here's the thing, though. This is what I keep coming back to. Your listeners will forgive you, right? Because, dear listeners, you know that, and, and I'm one of you too, because I listen to all kinds of history podcasts. You know, we know, that if the content is good, and your audio quality at least shows signs that you're getting better, you get a pass. Because we want to hear what you want to say, history podcasters, right? Because what we are really listening for, at least this is the insight I've come into as a listener, what we are really listening for is authenticity. And in your early shows, when you're all enthusiastic and fresh and green, that's going to shine through. And in our case, our Reanimated Corpses series remains, to this day, a listener favorite, despite the terrible audio, because it's exactly the spirit of our show. So, for anybody out there who may be considering starting a new podcast and you don't know how to get good audio, and, or you don't have the money yet for microphones or whatever, don't be intimidated by what I'm saying here. Don't worry. Just start. If you build it, they will come. But eventually, know that you will have to get better. It's the podcasts that don't do that that peeve me. There are shows that week after week and month after month just don't seem to care about their audio quality. You know the things I'm talking about. You can talk about static in the background, low volumes that you when you play it on your phone, you can barely hear it. You play it in the car while you're driving, you can't hear it at all over the road noise. Or, you know, voices that are auto-tuned by Skype. If you are an unrepentant, audio-quality sinner, then I'm sorry, but there's no redemption for you. And it's too bad, because a lot of the shows that I'm thinking of in this category would otherwise be absolute favorites of mine. A lot of them I simply had to stop listening to, because I just can't put that shit in my ears anymore. Static grates on you. Audio pops great on you. Poor editing with awkward jumps great on you. Am I right, listeners? How long are you able to listen to that before you peter out on a series? Five episodes? Three? One? Audio quality is big. Fix your shit, people. That's my peeve. <laughs> bad audio quality and or bad editing. Fix your shit. <laughs> okay? All right, we're getting through this list. Peeve number two. Have you ever heard this? 
But before we have to talk about our main topic, we have to talk about X. I freaking hate this. Okay, public service announcement to history podcasters. If you want to talk about the Aztecs, you do not need to start with the life of Muhammad so you can talk about the Muslim Golden Age, so you can talk about the Reconquista, so you can talk about Conquistadors, so you can talk about the Aztecs. Thank you. <laughs> For real. There was an actual show that did exactly this for their Aztecs topic. And it went on for, like, multiple episodes before they even got to the Aztecs. And it was otherwise a fantastic show, by the way. But I could not sit through that shit. Can you? So many shows do this. Oh my god, what is the deal? I feel like the entire field of history, not just podcasters, the entire field of history is populated with people who cannot narrow a topic. Why? I think it's because we're such nerds that we're like, oh, if I talk about this, then I get to talk about that. And oh, I get to talk about this too. And pretty soon we're so excited that we can't see the forest for the trees. Well, guess what? Your listener can't find your forest for all of your trees. <laughs> Just cut all of that shit. It's fine. They'll get it from somewhere else if they're confused. It's okay. Just talk about what you want to talk about. Get to it. Now, for some people, that's not easy. There is a fantastic podcast called Martyr Maid, probably the only other podcast that I would class anywhere close to achieving the style and the standard of brilliance set by Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. And frankly, I don't know why you're listening to me when you could be listening to Martyr Maid. The host of Martyr Maid, Daryl Cooper, readily admits that he has a really hard time with this one. Narrowing down a topic is difficult for him, and it's a difficult for a lot of us. And sometimes, in our shows, it shows. <laughs> uh, another great show, my single greatest inspiration, in fact, The Lesser Bonapartes, also has this problem, and they call themselves out constantly for not getting to the real topic, till two or three episodes into a series. It's the boner way, they say. And it's kind of cute and fun, the way they do it. But anyway, it you know, it's hard for a lot of us. And by the way, I should mention that nowadays the Lesser Bonapartes has gone through a kind of transformation. Now it's actually called From the Desk of Glenn. Uh, it's really more about one dude's very personal musings that, in the end, kind of somewhat relate to history. And you can't even get most of the old classic episodes on iTunes anymore because it like hits episode 100 and cuts off. But if you have downloaded them or you can find them, I'd say treasure them because they are priceless. R.I.P. the Lesser Bonapartes, but long live From the Desk of Glenn. Not just so you don't. There you go. Um, Lesser Bonaparte is actually really good for the pronunciation one I was talking about, too. Uh, Glenn never apologizes for his pronunciation, and he is self-avowedly the worst at pronunciation. It's really pretty funny. And you know what he says about it? He says, blow me. And that is the way to do it, folks. History podcasters, that's the way to do it. If you are a person who struggles with pronunciation, make a joke about it and move on. It will humanize you. Your listeners will forgive you. They may even love you all the more for it. Anyway, I'm getting off topic here and almost falling prey to my own peeve. Long story short on this one is narrow your topics, folks. You don't have to talk about the life of Muhammad to talk about the Aztecs. That's my peeve. Okay, so narrow your topics. Finally, last but not least, and this is my all-time biggest peeve ever. The mother of all peeves. Peeve number one, authenticity gone wrong. What do I mean by that? 
By authenticity, first of all, I mean letting who you are shine through in your work. And by authenticity going wrong, well, there are two ways that that can happen. First, not letting enough authenticity show through. And then second, letting way too much authenticity shine through. <laughs> so let me take those in turn. Let me break it down for you, history podcasters. First of all, there can be not enough authenticity. And there are way too many history podcasters that talk like they have a monocle up their ass. Without mentioning any names, I can pretty much just say most history podcasters, in my opinion at least. And you know what? I've been that guy too. <laughs> Maybe not so much on this particular show. We do cut it pretty loose here on Dead Ideas, but but I've been on other podcasts before as like co-hosts and stuff, and I have enjoyed the pleasures of a well-placed monocle, <laughs> I admit it. We history podcasters tend to be way too serious. Maybe it's because our role models are like that, you know, when we think of history, we tend to think of either academics or we think of some kind of, you know, some kind of Samanexi documentarians like Ken Burns or, you know, insert director here. So it might be that our role models have this certain style that we try to mimic. But I think, more likely, it's probably because if you really drill down deep into the psyche of the history podcaster, I think you will find that our deepest, darkest, secret fantasy is to imagine that we are lecturers at Harvard with a packed audience just waiting to give us a standing ovation. And we conclude our oration, and everyone is like, Bravo! Very good, sir! And I really like how you piled fact upon fact upon fact and event upon event until I felt so crushed by the weight of it that I could not breathe. Jolly good, sir! <laughs> now that, that is not being your authentic self. Unless you are really from Harvard or Oxford or whatever, in which case, I guess you're just naturally stuffy. <laughs> but for the rest of us, we're just regular people, right? And if we don't let that shine through, at least partly, we're really doing a disservice to our listeners because there is a genuine appeal to authenticity. I mean, listeners, back me up on this. I know this is true for me. Is it true for you? When I listen to a podcast and I hear laughter and I hear that the host or the hosts are actually enjoying themselves, it's such a breath of fresh air. It's like the room clears, and I'm like, oh, these are real people. I This is kind of cool. I, I feel like I'm in the room with them. This is good. And suddenly I start to feel like I'm actually not just listening for the facts, for the events, etc. But I'm actually listening for the person. And that is actually what usually keeps me coming back to a history podcast. If I'm only interested in the facts, then I'm interested only so long as I want to hear about that particular time, place, or culture. I peter out as soon as I lose interest in it or I get interested in something else. But if I'm listening for the person or the people, if there are multiple hosts, well then I listen no matter what you're talking about because it comes to feel like, you know, I know you and... I almost feel like you know me and we are of a tribe, like we get each other, you know? It starts, that human thing happens where we kind of start to bond even though we've never met. 
but there's some crazy aspect of human psychology that's going on that makes us feel that way. And that is the kind of feeling that is created by authenticity when you let it shine through. Letting who you really are shine through is what creates that feeling. And that is a service to your listener. Loosening up, laughing when there's something genuinely funny, you know, riffing off each other if you have a co-host, you know, letting that energy flow. That's what creates that feeling, authenticity. So here's my thing, right? People, take the monocle out of your asses. Don't try to be a Harvard lecturer. Be the regular person that you are, and we'll love you all the more for it. Okay. Now, as I said, there is a flip side to the coin here. There's another way for authenticity to go wrong, and that is to take authenticity way too far. Some hosts get this empowered attitude that's like, fuck it, it's my show, and I can do whatever I want with it. And they're just like, this is me, deal with it. <laughs> Have you ever experienced this? It's less common in history podcasting, but there are still plenty of shows like this. They go off on long, rambly tangents that have nothing to do with today's topic, or sometimes even with the concept of their show. And, you know, I'm not talking about brief anecdotes that eventually get tied in, or real-life or pop culture references that serve as analogies. I'm not talking about those. Those are great. I love those. Do those things. I'm talking about substantial parts of the show that go off the deep end and they're like well that's what i want to do so screw you and you have to listen to it and you can't say shit because it's my show well you know what you're right it is your show and you can do whatever you want but your listener does not have to keep listening to you they can turn you off and honestly that's what's probably going to happen some of my favorite shows i do not listen to anymore for this very reason if that's your thing and that's what you want to do with your podcast, fine. You do you, bro. I'll just be over here listening to something else. If you're okay with that, then great. Go on with what you're doing. But if you want to be a history show, you got to talk about history. And if you want us to keep listening, you got to give us what we signed up for. Okay? You got to give us what we're here for. I mean, that attitude, fuck you, it's my podcast, just does not make for a satisfying listener experience and you are going to lose audience for it. You may feel like you're being a bad boy or a bad girl rebel, but in actuality, you are just holding up a middle finger to your listener, and guess what? They have every right to give you the middle finger right back. Listeners, am I right? <laughs> oh, man. So, to conclude, be authentic, but don't take it to the point of abusing your listeners. Let your personality shine through, but also stick to what your show is about. Stick to what your listeners signed up for. And if you do that, they will listen, not just for the content, but for the person too. And that is what you want. Too many history podcasters lose sight of that completely. That's my peeve. Authenticity gone wrong. Don't. <laughs> okay, that's five. I'm done. Rant complete. Those are the five should-be-dead practices in history podcasting. To sum up, number five, apologizing too much. Number four, taking forever to get to your content. Number three, bad audio and or editing. Number two, before we can talk about this, we have to talk about this. And number one, 
authenticity gone wrong. That's five, and that's all I get. Anything beyond that, and I don't get to complain. Just as in our marriage, Rachel and I's marriage, we can list our peeves up to a maximum of five things and then feel like we've gotten shit off our chests. We can cleanse, smell that fresh air in the room, but without ending up nagging about every little thing. Just so in podcasting, we can go for a little jaunt into Rantsville, but not too far. Five things to make history of podcasting better, and the rest, you know what? I can deal with it. <laughs> because, because after all, you know, I fucking love history podcasts. I listen to them all the time. I mean, <laughs> listen to me. It's like, I'm one of you too. It just I'm like that hair club for men guy from the 80s. It's like, I'm not just the president. I'm also a client. <laughs> you know, I, I don't just make history podcasts. I'm also a listener too, just like you. I mean, no, seriously, I love history podcasts. I listen to them all the time. They're interesting. They're often fun. And when done right, they are full of authenticity, a kind of authenticity that you will never, ever get from some History Channel bullshit documentary about fucking ice road truckers or whether Hitler experimented with time travel. And seriously, when I discovered history podcasts, I realized that every TV history documentary ever doesn't really teach me shit. I mean, it's usually like two hours, usually less, more like one hour, and they can't really go into that much in that amount of time. And moreover, because they have to aim at the widest possible audience, because there's so much in terms of production costs and everything else that they have to make that back, as a result, they have to aim at the widest possible audience, which means also the dumbest possible audience. And so they can't really go into a lot of detail without making a lot of people feel like you're talking over their heads. Not so with history podcasting. That's what I love about it. It's very niche. There's a very low bar to entry and very low production costs, relatively speaking. Most of us really still don't make back our production costs because it's just hard to make any kind of money. That's not why we're doing it. And that's the point, we can let our passion for history shine through in history podcasting. And then as a listener, you access that and you are privileged to get that. You get a real person. You get what feels like a real person most of the time if you're doing it right. And you get long, good, deep dives that are well-researched and not aimed at the dumbest possible listener. I fucking love history podcasts and I'm going to keep on doing it. And in fact, you know what? I'm going to list my top five favorite history shows of all time. If you guys haven't checked out any of these yet, shame on you because they're great. <laughs> do so right away. Don't listen to me. Do so right away. Okay, number one, and these are in no particular order, but number one, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Yeah, duh, I know you knew that one. Okay, moving on. The Murder Maid. I already mentioned that one. Number three, Lesser Bonaparte's. I already mentioned that one, too. It's still great. It's great, and I do still check in on Glenn once in a while to see what he's musing about, because by now I do feel like I know him, and he has built that relationship with his listeners. He's gotten that personal that it feels like being in a living room with him, or a garage, or I don't know, Glenn, wherever you are when you hang with your peeps. <laughs> That's a show where I listen for the person, and that part of it is really good. He's got something really unique going on there. So even though his show is only tangentially about history anymore now, I would say from the desk of Glenn, at least check him out and give him a chance. 
Moving on, number four. Eastern Border is great. A bit rambly, I know, but Kristaps is another guy who's really got that authenticity thing down pat. And he's just about the only person in history podcasting that is talking about the time behind the Iron Curtain and actually from that region and has access to those books and those people still alive from that time. So, so many reasons to listen to Eastern Border. Finally, last but not least, number five, The History Chicks is great. Audio quality, not so much, but for the content, I can't recommend anything better. The Josephine Baker episode in particular looms in my memory. Those are my top five. I listen to tons of other podcasts, but those are the ones that, when I really think about it, those are the ones that stick in my memory as being like, oh, that was good. So check them out. Also, I want to make a shout out to all the shows on our network. I can't mention them all, but personally, I've really been enjoying Dig. We heard an episode from them on our feed recently, the Tuberculean Chic episode. Um, They're great. Check them out. And now, here's what I want to leave you with, listeners, for this topic. Every one of these shows, every one of these great shows, has something about it that hits one of my peeves. And yet, I still love them. I still listen. That's my takeaway point today. In the end, your listeners will forgive you. If you're thinking of taking up podcasting, absolutely just do it, and your listeners will love you all the more as you get better. If you are already a history podcaster and you want to make your show the best that you can, well, I've just laid out five easy ways that you can do that. I've not always lived up to these standards myself, but damn it, I am trying. Listeners, what about you? (laughs) Let me now open it up to you. What are your top five peeves? Because I want to hear them. Let me know on Facebook, let me know on Twitter, or anywhere else. On all the social media platforms, we are at Dead Ideas Pod. I want to hear it. Tell me your top five history podcasting peeves, because I want to hear it. All right, well, that's our episode on Should Be Dead Practices in History Podcasting. And that's also our anniversary episode. Two years on this show. Two years. And did you know that most podcasts die within their first 10 episodes or something like that. I don't know the statistic, but it's fast. I know that. The life expectancy of a podcast is not great. And what that means is you end up measuring podcast years like dog years. You know, one year as a podcaster is equivalent to like 30 years as a human or something. And if you make it to two years, you are getting to be an old man. That makes me an old man. And actually in real life, I'm almost an old man for real. I'm 39. I'm going to be 40 in April. (laughs) So I'm getting there. But as a podcaster, I am an old, old man now. And those that have been doing this for longer than two years are like wizened elders. And we have a few of those people on our network. I'm fortunate enough to get some of their experience and wisdom. So two years is a long time. That's something to be proud of for any podcast. I am proud. Now, in the case of this particular show, we are due to officially wrap up around episode 100. So We may not see a third anniversary for this show, but as announced last week, this is not the end. I am planning a whole new show on the topic of the history of sex, gender, and quirk across cultures. So last thing I'll do for this episode is I'll talk a little bit about this. We are developing the concept and we are laying the foundations for this as we speak, which let me tell you involves a whole lot more than you'd ever think, at least if you want to do it right. And that's what I want to do with this new show. You know, here's the thing, right? We all get into history of podcasting as noobs. That's expected, right? 
We kind of fumble our way through our first few episodes until we find our feet, we get better and better. But what if you've done that, and then you take that experience that you've built up, and then you start a new show, and to the best of your ability, you do everything right from the start? That's what I hope to do with this new show, and it involves a whole lot more than you would ever guess. For example, I'll share one with you. Think about SEO, Search Engine Optimization. You may or may not have heard about this. Um, it's kind of a hot topic in business right now, uh, but basically what it means is how do you make your show such that someone who has never heard of it brings up iTunes or Stitcher or whatever, types in something into the search box, and bam, up comes your show in the search results at the top. That's search engine optimization. Building your show such that the search engine thinks that you are the most relevant show to show this person who's searching for a certain keyword. That's search engine optimization. And it has plagued dead ideas from the very start. When I started, everybody told me, oh, what an interesting concept. So I thought, great. The problem is, what is anybody going to type into a search box that would cause dead ideas to pop up? We're so broad, we cover so many different cultures, and we don't have one unifying thing to connect all those cultures that people would actually be searching. They're not going to be searching dead ideas. That's not just a thing that people think to search. They might think history, but that's way too broad. That brings up everything in history. They might maybe think of history of ideas, but not very many people are searching for history of ideas. So that's a problem. Instead, we've been going for all these different cultures like Viking history and, you know, Irish history or whatever, but you're never going to beat the ones that have really got that niche cornered, right? If, if a listener types in history of Vikings or Viking history, then shows like the history of Vikings pop up, not ours. If you want to learn about medieval Ireland, you type in medieval Ireland, it shows like the Irish history podcast, which is another great podcast, by the way, but not ours. Well, actually, just of yesterday, I tried it, and it looks like we have finally, after two years, crept up to position number five in iTunes search list for that keyword, which is fantastic. That's about as good as we could ever hope for. But still, we're still off the main screen. You have to scroll to find us. And in any case, the point is, there's no one key phrase for new listeners to find our show, right? So when you're starting a new podcast and you really want to do it right, then you have to think about these kind of things. So that's what's on my mind, right? So that's why the name of the new show is just straight up history of sex. <laughs> that's what it's going to be. Simple, sweet, searchable, you know, and then there's a lot of other stuff too, like the ways that you build it so that iTunes as a search engine and Stitcher and everything else thinks you're relevant when people type in history of sex or sex history or anything related to that. Another thing that I want to get right from the start is workload balance. Now, long-time listeners of the show will know that this has been a struggle for me. It is a lot of work, and I put in a lot of work, more than most history podcasters. I put in a lot of research. That's typical for history podcasters. I put in a lot of scripting. That's also fairly typical. We do recording. I put in a ton of editing. That's not typical. I put in, well, promoting is kind of the thing that gets, that loses out because I just, I'm so overwhelmed with everything else. I do portraits for listeners for Patreon. It, the list goes on. It's a lot of work. And Rachel, my wife, has literally told me that I'm always working on my podcast. And to be honest, it does put a strain on our marriage. It's kind of like being in grad school that way, you know? 
History podcasters, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Am I right? So listeners, this is what, <laughs> this is the other side of the microphone. So I want to work out a format that will allow, finally, an equitable balance between podcast and real life stuff. And I do have some ideas for how to do that, but they're not real gelled yet. I'm still trying to see if it's going to work, so I'm not going to share them just yet. But that is definitely a goal for the new show. Finally, last but not least, I'm just ready to do something really different with this show. I mean, I've been doing Dead Ideas for two years now, and it is getting a little old for me, and if enthusiasm wavers, the authenticity thing does tend to waver with it, and I don't want that to happen. So I've reevaluated what I've enjoyed the most about Dead Ideas, and it's really the episodes about sex and gender in the historical cultures, you know, the things that are that you would never expect, the idiosyncratic things, the more unexpected, the better. Like the Shield Maidens thing in the Vikings series, right? That's what fires me up the most. And that's what I want to do next. I want to make that show. That's what I want to do with my energy. That's the authenticity that I want to let shine through, that passion. Now, there are still some dead ideas, some legit dead ideas that I definitely want to dive into before I wrap up the show. In fact, I have a really good one that I'm fired up about for our final series after the Court Unix series is done. I won't reveal it yet, but I am definitely excited about it. I'm just going to leave you with a teaser. It is about the ancient Roman world, but it's not gladiators. It's not Julius Caesar or any other period drama cliche shit that you'd see on the History Channel. In fact, it's actually how unexpected it is for the ancient Roman world. That is what makes it so interesting. So I'll leave you with that. That's the teaser. That's going to be our final series for this show. It's coming up. So we do have great things yet to come. And also, as announced last week, even after episode 100, we're still planning to continue the Dead Ideas feed to experiment with new formats and ideas for the new show. So you listeners can help us birth this new show into the world. And we'll be asking for your thoughts and advice at various points, like today, uh, you know, along this metaphorical pregnancy. So, so fire up the ultrasound, listeners. We need your expertise as listeners. Let us know what you think about the new show concept and what you want to see in it. Also remember to support us on Patreon, too. $5 a month helps this show be the best it can be until the last of its days and then helps bring the next show into being. And you get your portrait drawn in the time period and culture of your choosing. Do you know how many portraits I've done now? 51. Plus, Anna has done four, so that makes 55 for the show. And I've got another one on my drawing desk right now, already sketched out. It's for listener Ray Hicks, and it should be done soon. If it's not out by the time that you're listening to this episode, it should be very shortly. That's, that's just crazy. That's going to be 56 faces of real people just like you. And I've got them hanging up in my recording room to remind me that you guys are behind me every step of the way on this. And I thank you for that. All right, that's all I've got for today. Thanks for sticking with me. Two years, I'm really happy with how this project has turned out. I feel like it's something that I can be proud of. I feel like I went into this being like, I wanted to make the kind of show that I would want to listen to, and I feel like I've done that. I don't mean to boast, but I'm also just being honest. I'm proud of what we've done. And I feel like no matter what happens, I will always be able to look back at these two years of my life and be like, wow, I was really burning brightly during those times. 
and I thank my many co-hosts that have helped me along this project. I thank Rachel for her music and her graphic design, and I thank my listeners and my supporters for helping me through it. Here is to more of that. Thanks for listening, folks. I'm BT Newberg, and this is Dead Ideas.